Hello everyone, this is Steven Strang and welcome to my God Trump in the 2020 election podcast for Friday, October 2nd, 2020, only 32 days before the most important election of our lifetime. And today I'm going to talk about COVID-19, which is in the news because as you know, both the president and first lady have been diagnosed as having COVID-19. And I I'm not here to talk about that necessarily. I have not had time to, you know, investigate or research, you know, all the details about who they got it from and how serious it is and so forth. I expect that they will both recover as more than 99% of the patients do. But, you know, the news media is going to make a big, big deal about it. It will have some effect on the election. I don't think it'll affect the election, but you know, if nothing else, the president is going to have to campaign, you know, in a different way for the next 14 days. And depending on how sick he is, if he's in bed or if he, you know, has much lighter symptoms. It makes me think of the election in Brazil. I got a chance uh, about a year ago to meet President Bolsonaro, who some people have called the Trump of Brazil and that he was an outsider who is pretty conservative, who was elected He was actually, there was an assassination attempt on his life during the campaign. I believe that someone stabbed him with a knife, and he campaigned from a hospital bed, literally. But the people in Brazil wanted him in. I think he probably got some sympathy vote, too, and he won. So having COVID-19, of course, is a whole lot less serious than that. You know, I personally think that the whole thing is hyped up. I expect it to all die down right around the time of the election. You know, the Spanish flu of 1918 was in some ways much worse. I've said this before on my podcast that there were 500,000 deaths and the population was around 100 million, which is, you know, less than one third the size now. So in a way, we could say that it would be like having uh, 1.5 million deaths by comparison, you know, for the size of the population. Uh, We all know that the common flu uh, kills many people. I've heard all kinds of numbers. It's hard to know exactly what to believe. It does vary based on the year in terms of how bad the flu season is. Uh, Yesterday, I heard someone say that more school children die of the common flu than die of COVID-19. Of course, when you hear these things in conversation, you don't know what to believe and not believe, but it had the ring of authenticity, and I just pass it along as a comment, no proof that that's true. But the thing is that we live with a certain amount of risk. We don't shut down schools because children die of the common flu. Uh, If we remember the swine flu, I'm told that a much greater percentage of Americans caught the swine flu. In fact, if I remember correctly, and I'd need to double check these statistics, 61 million came down with the swine flu. But that's like saying 61 million came down with the flu. I read that only 12,000 died of the swine flu. So if that's the case, the death rate was much, much less. The Obama administration, interestingly, did not take it very seriously until we were fairly long into it. And, uh, you know, thankfully, it died down fairly quickly. I was saying that the Spanish flu of 1918, which was very, very bad, the worst month in American history of any of the number of Americans dying of any reason was October 1918. 
And most of that was the, was the uh, Spanish flu. Some of it, of course, was deaths in World War I, which ended November 11th, 1918, only a few days later. But that died down very, very quickly. I intend to research that and maybe even do some more podcasts, maybe with some doctors and different ones, to just get an idea of what's going on. Right now, it's 207,000 people have died of COVID-19, according to some authorities. But it makes you wonder how they count. And this story is going around. I've heard it from four or five people. They'll say they had some friend that was going to get tested, and they were in a very long line. It was going to be like four or five hours. They filled out the paperwork, but then they left without being tested, and then they got the uh, results that they tested positive. Because I've heard it from three or four or five people, you wonder if it's apocryphal and just making the rounds, but it goes to show, you know, probably it happened somewhere, but, you know, it's hard to find out who the person was, what was their name, where they located, you know, what was the place that gave the test, where is the thing they got in the mail that showed they tested positive. Boy, you need all that kind of uh, material, and of course, I'm not aware that it even exists, and I certainly don't have it, but... I'm just talking this through because there are a lot of people that just think that the statistics are really inflated, including me. In fact, somebody sent me a really funny meme. It was a defense lawyer pointing his finger at the jury and saying, yes, my, my client is guilty of murdering the victim, but the death certificate says COVID-19. And in fact, I've heard of people who died in car wrecks and they just happened to have the virus in their body, and their death was listed as COVID-19. There's also an awful lot of elderly people who've died of something else, or they had something else, and COVID-19 came along and just took them out, and their deaths are always listed as COVID-19, partly because hospitals are incentivized. The number I remember is $38,000 per COVID-19 death. And I think this was something that was implemented with the idea that um, hospitals needed to be compensated somehow, you know, just because of the influx of patients and deaths and all this kind of stuff. And early on, remember, they were saying that we would have at least 2 million people die of COVID-19. I mean, I can remember thinking, is this like the bubonic plague that just about everybody gets and wipes out a big chunk of the population? Of course, That has not happened. We know it's not the bubonic plague. There continue to be some spikes. Uh, I have a worker uh, who works for me on Saturday, you know, uh, cutting bushes and pulling weeds and stuff like that. And he's not coming this week because he's been around a bunch of people that had COVID-19. And so it's not safe for him to come over. I only personally know of one person who's died of COVID-19. And he was elderly, and I had not had much contact with him the last few years, so I don't know all the details. But I did dedicate my book, God, Trump, and COVID-19, to his memory. Uh, This is the sequel to God, Trump, and the 2020 election. I wrote it in three weeks during the month of April. At the time, the whole supply chain in publishing was shut down. We actually released it initially only as a digital book because that was the only way we could get things out. I knew that it affected the election, and the subtitle is How the Pandemic is Affecting Christians, the World, and America's 2020 Election. So 
you know, it was only about 34,000 words, which is about one-third as long as, as my other books. But it was very up-to-date on what was happening with COVID. I talk about uh, some of the things that were coming out of China. I also talk about the spiritual dimension and things like that. But uh, also I talk about, you know, the death rate. And, you know, at the time they were throwing around a lot of huge, huge numbers, and that has not happened. We regret and we mourn the death of everyone who died of COVID-19, but we need to do the same for all the cancer patients that died during the same period, all the people who died in car wrecks, and, you know, the people who died of the common flu or drowned in swimming pools or fell off of ladders. In fact, uh, now that I'm going over this and realizing I'm talking so in a, such an ambiguous way, I think I'm going to do some research and just see if I can't get a handle you know, on what's really going on with numbers. You know, first of all, we can be thankful the numbers aren't higher than they are. But we also have to realize that we have to live with some risk. We all live with risk. And uh, I think I've mentioned before, uh, I don't remember if I put it in a podcast, but I actually tested negative for COVID-19 uh, the day before Father's Day. So it's easy for me to remember. I went to my boat with a friend of mine who I, you know, have known for a long time, and we'd gone boating a bunch of times, and uh, we had to drive over to the coast, and then we were on the boat for several hours, or at least, you know, together, getting ready and all that kind of stuff, and then we had a meal on our way home. He calls me six days later and said that he tested positive for COVID-19. Apparently, he started having symptoms the day after I was with him. His wife, who's a nurse, insisted that he go get tested, or he probably wouldn't have. He's kind of a tough guy. And uh, his symptoms were losing his sense of taste and sense of smell, if I remember correctly. And uh, that's not real, real serious, and he, you know, he didn't get too upset about it. But he did test positive. They let him know on, a, on, on that morning that he called me. He called me a couple hours later. And I went down and got tested. I had no symptoms. I learned that usually you get symptoms within the first 72 hours after you, you know, you're exposed. So I didn't think I had it, but I couldn't prove it. So I got a test, took about three days, maybe four days to get the results, and it came back negative. So what is that to say? That's to say that you can be around it and not get it. It's that simple, at least in my case. And I don't know why. Um, I hope it's because I have a strong immunity system and you don't necessarily catch the flu if you're in the same room with somebody with the flu. You know, they have to kind of cough and sneeze on you or something like that to get the flu. Of course, COVID-19 is a type of flu virus. It's It's a virus. And, you know, someone said that most of us uh, there's enough germs floating around that all of us could be sick all the time from something, except that we have strong immune systems. And I, you know, take vitamins, I exercise, I try to eat right, try to drink enough water and get plenty of sleep so that I'm strong physically. And, you know, everyone should, you know, be careful with their lifestyle, and what they eat so they can be s- strong. If you look on the Charisma Podcast Network, on my God, Trump in the 2020 election. I think I have two podcasts. The other one is the Strang Report. And once in a while, I get mixed up on which is which one. But I did a 
interview with Dr. Stella Emanuel, who's one of the frontline doctors, who believes that uh, hydroxychloroquine is a, a cure. She says it. She says she's had 500 patients who have tested positive for COVID-19, and not one has died. She actually believes that there's a protocol you can do as a preventative, and I actually am doing that. I checked with my doctor. I sent off for the pills. They finally came. It's not hydroxychloroquine, but it's another chloroquine that's very, very close. I also take zinc and um, vitamin C. I am not, let me repeat, not a doctor, and I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just telling you what I do, and I'm just telling you in a conversational style as I'm thinking about it, as I'm trying to communicate my own thoughts. I recommend that you go back and listen to the podcast. It It got a huge response. When she shared this in some videos, the big tech giants took them down because there are people that are saying this is wrong. I don't know. I'm not a medical expert, but it, it has a ring of authenticity. And my feeling is, what does it hurt? Hydroxychloroquine apparently is very, very safe. It's been around for a long, long time. It's very inexpensive. And there are those who believe that big pharma is really coming against it because they don't make any money if people, you know, just take this fairly inexpensive pill that in many countries is over the counter. In our country, it's by prescription only. So I've been researching this partly because my book, God, Trump and COVID-19, but partly because I'm a journalist, partly because, you know, it's all wrapped up with the election and everything else. And I try to be careful in what I research and what I say and what I report when I don't know that it's actually a fact. I try to make that clear. I try to state what my opinion is. But we're also trying to sort this out. And you've got all these pundits, many of them kind of left-wing pundits who opine about this and that, and they attack this and that. And the more conservative, more traditional side is often underrepresented. And so I'm just trying to do my part to bring commentary to this very serious thing that's happening. I hope that you'll want to read my book, God, Trump, and COVID-19. I talked to someone today who told me she thought it was a very interesting book, and uh, that made me feel good, of course. I hope that you'll find the same. The easiest way to get it is at my website, stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang. There is no E on the end of Strang. And then the word books with an S, stevestrangbooks.com. There's special prizes. You can buy it in a bundle with God, Trump, and the 2020 election, as well as God and Donald Trump and Trump Aftershock. You can also get a subscription to Charisma Magazine. So it's all there. And uh, everything that you buy on that website is autographed. With that, I'll wrap up this edition of God, Trump, and the 2020 election for October 2nd only 32 days before the election. And uh, I don't do this very often, but tomorrow, October 3rd, is my mother, Amy Strang's 92nd birthday. So I just wanted to give her a shout out on her birthday, even though many of you will be listening to this long afterwards. But she's in an assisted living home. It's kind of shut down for COVID-19. Uh, I'm glad it is because it's the elderly people who get it, but we're going to have an open house outside her door. We will talk to her through the door, being wearing masks, of course, and being six feet back, 
but uh, it'll be a way that we can celebrate her birthday since we can't physically be with her or take her out. I just thought I'd throw that in. That's a very personal thing, but most of my podcasts are not real personal, but every once in a while I throw it in for what it's worth because I'm trying to you know, build a listenership. I appreciate those who come back uh, and listen to my podcast each day, especially as we count down the election, only 32 days away. Thank you for listening. God bless you.